I'm super excited to share the word with you this morning. Um, as a pastor at The Rock, actually for almost 20 years, I just have what I consider to be one of the greatest privileges of my life, which is to walk with you uh, through different seasons of your life, to walk with you through grief and sorrow, to walk with you through joy and babies and weddings. It's really, truly, the great. as a pastor, it is the greatest privilege of my life to walk with you, to cry with you, to grieve with you. I, I come and I sing at your funerals. I don't even know your aunt, but I'm sobbing. You know what I'm saying? I, I rejoice with you as I kiss your new babies. It's the joy of my life. I know many of your stories. I know what brought you to Jesus, the devastation of your life before you came to him, the transformation that you have experienced since your new birth in Christ. I have seen it and I rejoice with you. I love each and every one of you. And I get to walk with you through all of these things. Because I'm able to walk with so many individuals, sometimes I'm I get to see a bigger picture of what is happening, not just with an individual, but on a larger scale with the whole body of Christ. And I've been taking a step back as I've been uh, personally myself, um, walking through some difficult seasons, and I'm seeing uh, a bigger picture of what the Lord is doing. And um, I see that uh, on an individual scale, as a corporate body, the rock, but also as the greater church of Jesus Christ, we are going through incredible seasons of trials, suffering, <laughs> uh, devastation, grief, loss. And if you're not there, just secretly in your heart, just thank you, Jesus. All these people are struggling and I'm not. Hallelujah. Okay. Because <clears throat> your time's coming. All right. So um, ain't that the truth? Listen, not to be... Not <laughs> Just to tell you, okay, and we'll get to that later in the message, all right? But um, recently at a prayer meeting, Tim was asking me, not me, but, you know, I just offered my opinion. He said, what, what do you guys, what season do you see that we're in at The Rock? And man, just so clearly, as the Lord has been speaking to me really since May, the season that I feel like we are in as a body and as individuals is in Hebrews 12, 26. And the whole chapter of Hebrews is powerful. I'm talking powerful, but in Hebrews 12, 26, the writer of Hebrews says, he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, the created things, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. We are being shaken. If you're with me and you're saying, yes, I'm being shaken, lift your hands. Let me see who you are. I'm being shaken right now. All of the created things, right? All of the dreams that I had for my life, all of the thoughts that I knew that I was confident in, all of the uh, religious duties, all of these things are being shaken off. The created things are being shaken off. Why? Because we cannot receive the kingdom that cannot be shaken unless all of the other things are shaken off. So we are thankful and we worship God with reverence and awe because he is a consuming fire. And his fire does come, doesn't it? 
His fire comes to refine. His fire comes to burn away all of the things that are not pleasing to him. His fire comes. So we worship him with reverence and in awe. I see so many of you with crushed dreams and unanswered questions, grief and loss, sorrow, betrayal, confusion. And I'm there with you, right? I am. That's the truth. (laughs) But the kingdom that we are receiving is unshakable. And that's the word, right? The kingdom, the kingdom of God is unshakable. Before the foundations of the world, the truth of God stands. It stands firm and it stands secure. His kingdom cannot be shaken. So are you shaken? Am I shaken? Heck yes. But the kingdom, guess what? It's not shaken. The word of God says that from the minute the gospel is preached, was preached, it has been advancing all over the world. The kingdom is not shaken, but we are shaken, right? So that we can receive the kingdom and worship him with thankfulness and reverence and awe. We can't receive the kingdom without the shaking of all the created things. Oswald Chambers, which I've been reading um, my utmost for his highest, which probably many of you have read, uh, just in, in this season that we're going through, he said, faith must be tested because it can only become our intimate possession through conflict. Faith must be tested. Because it can only become our intimate possession through conflict. And Lord, I wish there was another way. Don't you? Man, I wish it could become my intimate possession through joy and happiness, right? I wish it could become my intimate possession through wealth. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. I really wish that. But it doesn't. Faith becomes our intimate possession, our very near and dear friend, not through the joys, but through the conflict and through the sorrow. And the writer of Hebrews had this to say, and this is the text that we're going to use for this morning. It was a scripture that the Lord spoke to me so clearly when my mom was passing away and has brought to my mind again as we have, uh, as a church, been going through much difficulty and as individuals have been going through many trials. And uh, I would just encourage you to just memorize this now. It might save you a little, you know, like, like it'll be in there so you can pull it out in the difficult times, Okay. Hebrews chapter 10 says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, after coming to Jesus, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, because of all that, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we, come on, but we, listen, rock, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. But we are of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. That's the word this morning. 
let's have an altar call. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. We are in, I am in a conflict of sufferings. We are in a conflict of sufferings, right? We're conflicted. I am conflicted by my sufferings, right? We are in a great conflict of sufferings. We may not suffer like the early church suffers, suffered. We may not suffer like that yet, right? Yet. But we suffer. And we experience loss and hardship and struggles. And we are not allowed by the word of God to anesthetize like the world does when we experience these struggles and these trials, right? The Lord doesn't let us uh, drink ourselves into oblivion. He says, no, I need you to face this. I need you to deal with this. I need you to process this. I need you to walk through this. I need you to look into the darkness and see Jesus, the son of God, in that fire, right? And come out not even smelling like smoke, okay? He does, I mean, listen, there's a lot of black and white, but I, I mean, there's a lot of gray is what I meant to say in the Bible. You know, some things, that, but I feel like we can all agree that the Lord does not allow us to just, um, you know what I'm saying, to not truly experience what we're going through, to just numb and dull ourselves with the things of this world. We are expected to process and we are expected to grieve, and we are expected to allow him into those desperate situations. So what is the Lord saying to us today, to the rock and to the church? Number one, he is saying, do not throw away your confidence. When we come to the Lord, right, he said, after you had experienced the enlightenment, after you have been born again, whoo, aren't we just like, yes, Jesus, we have been born again. We're experienced, we're on that high, right? And then we come to that first true trial that we face as believers, and we come to the crossroads. What are we going to do with our faith, Right? And I'm walking with you in this. We have come to a crossroads. We have come to that trials. After we have been enlightened, we come to a great conflict of sufferings. And I want to tell you from the Lord today, do not throw away your confidence. It has a great reward. When my mom was suffering, this was the greatest crux of my faith. And I'll tell you why. Because I was confident that the Lord loves to heal, and I still am. I was confident that the Lord answers my prayers, and I still am. I was confident that he loves to do miracles, and I still am. But guess what? He didn't heal her on earth, right? He didn't answer my prayers like I thought that he should. And he didn't do the miracles that we were praying for. And in the words of my favorite person, Sandra, I was shook to my core. I was shooketh, in the words of Jack, I was shooketh to my coreth. I believe that Jesus loves to heal. And listen, if I die of cancer, y'all better be at my funeral saying, Jesus loves to heal, right? Because he does. He listens to our prayers. But I'll tell you what, in my, in my first truly great conflict of sufferings with my mom and Alzheimer's disease, we got to make a choice. What are we going to do with our faith? This confidence that I so boldly proclaimed Sunday after Sunday through worship and here as I preach and in my personal life, this confidence that I had seems shamed, right? Do not throw away your confidence. 
It has a great reward. Another quote from Oswald Chambers. This, he was speaking to me, okay? So every time you venture out in your life of faith, you will find something in your circumstances that from a common sense point will flatly contradict your faith. So every time you venture out in your life, your circumstances are going to flatly contradict your faith. Every time my theology becomes clear in my own mind, I encounter something that contradicts it. Can you venture out in courage on the words of Jesus Christ while the realities of your common sense life continue to shout it's a lie? Is your life currently shouting at you, it's a lie? All of that that you said you believe, it's a lie because he ain't coming through for you. All those prayers that you prayed are pointless because he's not answering. All that testimony that you gave, all that faith that you thought that you had, it was pointless because this is not working. And that's what Oswald Chambers is saying. The realities of your life will shout at you, it's all a lie. It's a lie. Jesus, God, all of it, the Holy Spirit, it's all a lie. And we come to the point where we have to choose. Will we believe the truth of God's word? Let God be true and every man a liar. Or will we say, man, you're right. I, I believed in vain. I've, I've been so disappointed I can't, even, I can't even continue on with the Lord. Don't think that when we come to these points in our life that the enemy isn't right there. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You thought he was going to come through, but he's not. You told everybody. I mean, I went to the dentist, and I told my dentist that I was healed, and then I ended up having to get jaw surgery. <laughs> Super painful. I still have a hole in the back of my mouth. You know what I'm saying? I was sure. I told my dentist, go look at the x-rays. I'm healed. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't healed, right? Okay. All right. Don't throw away your confidence, Laura. It has a great reward, right? Let God be true and every man a liar. But the enemy's right there. I believe many of us are at the point where we, have, we are making a decision right now. Currently, we are making a decision. Will we walk by faith or will we throw away our confidence? And many stay in the church, but they throw away their confidence, right? Many stay. They stay in the body of Christ. They stay in, in a service, but their confidence is shattered in the Lord, and they no longer pray with faith. They no longer believe for great things. They no longer share their testimonies because they've thrown away their confidence, and I've been there. I remember standing up here playing the piano, and, and Carlos was like, Lord, I want you to come pray for people to be healed because you have great faith. I was like, what? I don't know. I don't anymore. And the Lord was like, are you going to do what I've called you to do? Are you going to believe again for healing? Or are you going to let the Lord's decision to not heal my mom on this earth transform and, all, and take away all my confidence and cause me to live a different way, right? And I know that you're there. You, many of you are there right now. So I want to ask you today, do you believe that God is good? Do you? I do. I know it. So what Robbie was singing so beautifully this morning with Becca singing the harmony. It's beautiful. God is good. He's gracious. He's good. Do you believe that he has your best intentions at heart? I do. 
I do. So when he makes choices that are counter to what I think he should make, will I choose to believe that I know what's best or that he knows what's best? Hebrews 11.1, so we read that scripture, don't throw your confidence, it has great reward, and then it goes on to the faith chapter, and it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when your heart says, or when people say, where is the evidence of God's goodness in your life? Guess what the evidence is? My faith is the evidence. If I don't see it with my eyes, if I can't touch it with my hands, guess what the evidence is? My faith. Faith is the evidence of things that we cannot see. So when people at work say, where's the answers to your prayers? Guess what? My faith is the evidence of answered prayer. Ooh, I always knew faith is the evidence of things unseen. But then I, one day it's like it clicked and I got it. Oh yeah, I'm looking for evidence. But my faith is the evidence of things that I cannot see. Ooh, I don't know if it took me a long time to get it, okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because we, be, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So every time my life, my circumstances say the truth of God is a lie, I choose to believe God over what I can see with my eyes. We have to. I choose to believe his word over what my situation currently says. This is the narrow way, right? This is why the Bible says, in the last days, the love of most will grow cold. I believe that this right here, the disappointments of God not doing what we want him to do is why the love of most grow cold. We are born again. We come to him. We pray. We believe. We truly love him. But when he does not answer our prayers like we want him to, our love grows cold. Don't throw away your confidence. It has a great reward. And guess what the reward is? It's him. Right? It's intimacy with him. It's a relationship with him that is past the surface, that is past, I pray, you answer. I tell people how good you are. Right? I go through a small problem. I pray, you answer. I tell people how, right? No, intimacy with him and understanding his heart, even when he we have to trust him and lean not on our own understanding, right? Don't throw away your confidence. And then what does he say next? Don't throw away your confidence because you have need of endurance. This word right here is different than patience, right? Patience has to do with being long-suffering with people. Like, Lord, give me patience with my children. Okay, that's patience, right? But endurance is different. Endurance has to do with situations, okay? So you have need of endurance. And this word in the Greek means to abide under. It's associated with hope. It's the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. That's what endurance means. So guess what you need? This, I mean, the Bible just straight up says you need endurance. You need to abide under your circumstances with hope, not surrendering to your circumstances or succumbing to the trial. We need it. We need it. I need it. I hate that I need it, but I need it, right? So ask a runner, not me, right? Do you need endurance? Pastor, do you need endurance? Yeah. 
okay? Ask a basketball player. I was just telling Lige, Lige, we got to get in shape because I can't be watching you run up and down that basketball court. Your face all red and you're sweaty, you know what I mean? Like, do basketball players need endurance? Yeah. I don't, maybe someone could tell me another way to get endurance, but the only way that I've found in my short running career, which was four years ago and it lasted four months, the only way that I've found to get endurance is through embarrassing yourself, sweating, crying, um, feeling like you're going to fall over. Is there any other way? I don't know. Man, sometimes the, you, you ask my kids, they'll tell you, I see, I see, I see bigger people running down the road, man, and they're, they're, they're running like this. And I'm like, go on, go on, buddy. Come on, you got this. You know what I mean? Because he's doing 100 times more than I'm doing. You know what I mean? That's the only way to get endurance is to get out there. I was like, Lodge, let's go run. And he's like, let's go running when people aren't outside waiting for the school bus. I was like, amen. Let's not run while people are waiting for the school bus. You know what I mean? The only way to get endurance is by like, you know, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. I don't have any more words to say that, but that's the only, oh, mm -hmm. the only way to get endurance is pain. Dang. You just really summed up my last 10 minutes. I should have asked earlier. This is a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. James chapter one, verse two through four, which probably many of you have this memorized, but man, if we can get this, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. So when you go through trials, what should we do? Whoo, I'm building up my endurance, right? I have need of endurance. I am getting endurance. Therefore, I am thankful for this trial of various kinds, right? I have need of endurance. And what does the Bible say? Let endurance finish its work. So what does that give us a connotation of? We could choose not to let endurance finish its work, right? We could bail on the trial. We could go back to our old ways, patterns, habits. We could be angry with God and let this last way longer than it needs to, okay? Let endurance finish it's work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. That's what, I mean, literally, you know, I don't know, self-talk I feel like is maybe good. I'm like, let endurance, just, Laura, let endurance do its work. Let endurance do its work, okay? Sometimes when I'm going through many trials all at the same time, right? I know some are from the enemy, some, you know, God, but God is allowing them. And I just laugh and I'm like, woo, <laughs> what the enemy means to destroy me is building my endurance, Right? What the enemy means for me to be angry and bitter, an old hag in the church who just never smiles, so mad at people all the time. You guys have met people like that, right? Mm -mm. No, this is building my endurance. I'm going to be mature. Guess what? Ooh, not today, Satan. I'm about to be mature, <laughs> right? Complete. Per I mean, the Bible says perfect in the, you know, the old, in the NASB. So I'm about, ooh, not today, Satan. I'm about to be perfect, Okay. I'm about to be not lacking in anything, but we cannot stop endurance from having its work in us or else the trial is in vain. I don't want to go through this 
Are we allowed to say crap? Are we? I don't want to go through this crap in vain, right? And then have to go through it again? When you're raised in the church, that's as bad as it gets, okay? I don't want to go through this. We have to let endurance have its work. God is trying to work in us right now. And we're like, "Mm, resist, resist, resist. No, we got to let endurance have its work so that we can be mature, not lacking in anything. God knows that we, his people, need to be mature. So he allows these trials to come because he wants us to be complete, to not lack in anything. So we got to let endurance have its work. Let it. Come on. I hear Nicole. She's not saying amen, but she knows what I'm saying. Come on. Let endurance have its work in you. Don't forfeit the joy that's yours because you can, right? You don't know what God has in store. You can't even believe it's unimaginable what he has in store for you. But if we do not let endurance have its work, we will miss out. We will miss out. We don't, I don't want to miss out. It's FOMO, fear of missing out. Everybody in our generation has it, okay? Come on, you guys, you've heard of it, FOMO. It's like a thing. People have it on tattoos now and stuff, anyways. Okay, so Titus and I were talking the other day. We had a little little outing there, and we were just rehashing how, honestly, a little bit, how miserable our summer has been. And I'm going to spare you, like, all the details. But um, mostly it has to do with a perpetually screaming toddler. Can I get an amen? Uh, DJ throwing out his back again. Uh, My sister having cancer. Van breaking down. And, you know, the church really super struggling, right? And and so Titus is like, I wonder why God lets that stuff happen to pastors. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Why does he? (laughs) And I think maybe secretly I thought, you know, like, Pastors shouldn't have to go through stuff, you know what I'm saying? I should just have to help you go through stuff. I shouldn't have to go through it myself. That's hard enough, right? I know, when you really say it, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I need endurance, right? So when I have the summer from Sheol, then I have need of endurance, right? When you are walking through it, I mean, we have to still be sensitive to people, but at the end, it's like, you need endurance, right? I mean, I'm going to cry with you, and then at the end, I'm going to say, you need endurance. Get up. Let's go sweat it out together. (laughs) Okay. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord because he disciplines those he loves. So he says, don't throw away your confidence. You need endurance. And then he says, he will come, and he will not delay. If we don't throw away our confidence, and if we allow endurance to have its work in our lives. He will come and will not delay. Let's read that again one more time back in Hebrews. Let's just memorize it all, okay? It says, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction but of those who have faith to preserving of the soul. He will come and will not delay. What does the word say? He who stands firm to the end will be saved, right? Though a righteous man falls seven times, guess what? 
He gets up. Thank you, Robin. Get back up again. Who was that? Fred Hammond? Is that Fred Hammond? Get back up again. Mm. Right? Yes. Yes. He who stands firm to the end will be saved, right? It's not about who's winning in the seventh inning. It's apparently the ninth, which makes the game last really long. Okay? It does. I'm like, boy, if somebody doesn't score at this game. DJ and I were just flirting, so it was okay. All right, so the Bible says, as surely as the sun will rise, he will come. It says in Hebrews, he will come and he will not delay. I love this verse in, in Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. It says, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him or let us know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. As surely as the sun rises, he's going to come. He's going to come to you in your trial. You're going to have joy on the other side of what you've been going through. He's going to come to you in your struggles, in your grief, in your loss, in your sickness. He's going to come. Surely, as sure as the sun rises, he's the one who made all that, you know, stuff happen anyways. As surely as he set those patterns from the foundations of the world, he's going to come. He's going to come. So we just went camping a couple weeks ago, right? And I. I had a great time. But one thing that I love when we're camping, or especially at women's retreat, okay, is I love watching the sunrise. It is, to me, it's a reminder of the faithfulness of God. Because as surely as the sun rises, guess what? He's going to come, right? So I'm, like, getting out of my tent at, like, 5.50 in the morning, and it's, like, cold, you know, and then you have to walk, like, I didn't know the bathroom was going to be so far away. I was like, what? And then you have to walk to the bathroom. It's super far away. And then you got to go make your coffee because... My kayak has a cup holder, which is super great. And then you have to, like, put on warm clothes. And then you got to go out and you got to drag your kayak out, right? And then you got to get your oars. And then because it's the lake, there's, like, a lot of waves. And then your pants get all wet and you're sitting in it and the water's cold. You know what I'm saying? Then you, like, paddle out super far and you pray no one can see you because your coffee just spilled and your pants are wet. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you get out there and then guess what? As surely as the sun rises. He's, look, this is my picture from Women's Retreat a couple years ago. Sandra thought I was dead, but I wasn't. I was eight months pregnant, but I wasn't dead. I was just out there. Her and Tina, they came out. They were looking for me. She was crying. Sandra thought I was dead. But if I am, rejoice. I'm with Jesus. I'm with Jesus, okay? Me and my unborn child. All right, so this is from Women's Retreat a couple years ago. But I love watching the sunrise because it reminds us of the faithfulness of God. Because it says right there in the scripture, as surely as the sun rises, he will come to you. And he will come to me. Okay? So watching the sunrise, for me at least, takes a lot of work, right? All that that I just said, it, it's like a lot of work to get out there and to see the sunrise. But all that work becomes worth it, right? When you see it. When the sunrise comes, you know, it's all worth it. So even though it's work, when we see it, it's worth it, right? And this walk with Jesus, if we're being honest, which, you know, it's true, it's work. It's hard, right? It's tough. It takes a lot of endurance, okay? But our confidence in the Lord's coming causes us to continue to do the things that we need to do until we see his coming, right? So we read the word daily. 
We pray even when we don't feel like it. We speak life over our children even when we don't see a lot of life, right? We wait patiently for the husband or the wife that the Lord is sending us without going out here with all these other, what are they? You know what I'm saying? All these other, these other people. All these other people that are not the right one for us, giving our heart to all this. You know what I'm saying? We wait. We do the work as we wait for God to come. We wait. Because of this confidence, we don't just sit around. Like if I sat in my tent and I was like, surely the sun rises, the Lord's going to come. And they're like, why can't I see the sun through this tent and these trees and the clouds? You know what I'm saying? We do the work so that we can see the sun rising because of our confidence that he's going to come. We wait with faith. We live by faith. And then we do the work and then we see his coming and it's glorious. First John 3, 3, which I love so much says, everyone who has this hope, the hope of his coming, fixes on him and purifies himself just as he is pure. What do we do while we wait? We purify ourselves, right? We have this hope that he's going to come as surely as the sun rises. We purify ourselves. We do the work that he is wanting us to do while we wait. Everyone who has this hope, not just, I'm not talking about, yeah, Laura, we're going to see Jesus in heaven. Yes, we will. And all those who have gone before it will see them too. But I'm talking about in this life. He's going to come to you in this life. He's going to bring joy to you in this life. He's going to bring peace that passes understanding. He doesn't always, can I get an amen, change our circumstances, right? Sometimes he leaves us in the middle of our circumstances and he says, but guess what? I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you peace that passes understanding. I'm going to give you people to walk alongside of you when you don't have faith to believe for yourself. They're going to believe with you. I'm going to give you all that you need in the middle of that circumstances. I'm going to give it to you. And that's what he does. He comes. He comes. He comes. So we wait with great expectation. So if you're in a trial, this is what I want to say to you today. Do not throw away your confidence because you have need of endurance. So that after having done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. For in a very little while, he, he is coming. He is coming. He is coming. I'm telling you, hold on. Hold on. Listen to me. Listen to me. Those of us who have walked before you, we're saying to you, if you're new in the faith, hold on. Hold on. He's coming. One day you're going to be able to look back at this situation and say, ooh, look at all that I learned. You're going to write songs about it, right? And people are going to, like, send you messages on Facebook. Like, that song spoke to me. I'm like, well, I almost died. So <laughs> I'm glad that song spoke to you because it took me a lot to get it, okay? You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Hold on. He's coming to you. He is coming. He's coming. He's coming. So come on. Let's stand up together. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that when some of us are going through incredible trials, other of us are not, right? <laughs> so that we can bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, okay? And we are true. This is what we are. We are a family. We are. So not to be awkward, but um, I specialize sometimes in being awkward. If you, are, if you are going through a great conflict of sufferings, could you just come right up here in the middle? 
this is not like a like a thing. You know what I mean? It's just, come on, just come right here in the middle. We're going to gather around you as your family. If you are experiencing sickness, loss, doubts um, about the Lord's goodness, which is what happens when we are in a great conflict of suffering, if you're trying to hold on but you feel like you might not be able to hold on any longer, just come here. Just come. Let's just gather into the middle. We're just going to join around you, and we are going to believe. So come on. Come on. Come on up here. Eilina, yes, come on, come on. We want to stand with you in your great conflict of sufferings, believing that as surely as the sun rises, he will come. He will not delay. He will come. He will come. So come on, guys, let's just join around him right now. If you are like, yes, I'm going to pray, I'm going to walk, I'm going to bear the burdens of those who are struggling in this great conflict of sufferings, let's just come around him right now. We're just going to join a wall around the edge of them. Right now, come on, guys. If you feel comfortable, let's just lift our hands right in the middle. Or we just shame the devil right now and we say thank you Lord that in these trials we are becoming mature and complete we will lack nothing because we have this the presence and the spirit of God because we are letting endurance finish its work so that we can be mature we thank you Lord and we lift up those who are struggling right now father we just come underneath them and we say Lord come 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 like a rushing wind come over the threshold of their souls come Lord God come and do the work that you are Longing to do, Lord Jesus. Come and bring the joy and the peace. Come and bring the patience, God. Come by the Spirit, Lord, and do the work. Come, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's just intercede right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are coming. We thank you, Lord Jesus that we will see the glory of God. Thank you that your word says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. We just stand firm right now. When we can't do anything else, we just stand. We just stand. We call out to Jesus. We just stand. We call out to Jesus. We call out to Jesus. Hallelujah. We call out to you, God, in the depths of our suffering. We call out to you, God, in the midst of doubt and struggles and fear and anxiety. We call out to you, Lord God, because you are the answer. You are the only answer, Lord God. We need hope, Lord. Hope again, God. Hope that you are coming. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For some, you've been here so long and you are losing hope that the Lord is coming and we are here to gather with you right now to say, he is true. He is true. And every man is a liar. He is coming. He is coming. Do not give up. Do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. He is coming. He is coming to you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. If you're an altar worker and the Lord's just putting on your heart to come pray for someone, let's just stand alongside them, just stand together and believe. But let's continue just to press in and say, Lord, we believe. 
you are who you say you are for I believe I am convinced that he is able to keep what I have entrusted to him for that day I know who I have believed Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I believe, oh, we believe it. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it, Lord. Even when we're struggling to believe, God, we, we build up our inner man in faith and we say, we believe it. You have moved the mountains before. You'll do it again. You'll do it again, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Yes, come on. You've seen that I, oh, you've seen you move. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I do, Lord see you do it again you made a way where there was no way I believe I see you do it again yes we remind our souls of who you are what you've done all that you've done Jesus we remind ourselves of your faithfulness to David, your faithfulness to Moses, your faithfulness to Noah. We remind ourselves of your faithfulness to us, Lord. You're so faithful, Lord. You're so faithful, Lord. You're so faithful, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. confidence we don't throw away our confidence we don't throw away our confidence your promise still stands great is your faithfulness Lord this is our confidence this is our confidence thank you Jesus I'm still in your hands. Oh, you will never fail me. Oh, thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just receive from him today. Just receive from him. Just allow him to minister to your hearts this morning. He is near. He is near. He is near. Oh, I've seen you do it. He's the same God. I'll see you do it again. I'll see you move again. I'll see you heal again. I'll see you free me again. I'll see you bring life again. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I believe. I see you do it again. Oh, oh, I'll see you do it. Come on, we just stand together as believers at the rock, as believers in Jesus Christ, and we just say, Lord, we remind ourselves of all that you have done. We have seen your faithfulness time and time again, and we will see it again. Thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning. Thank you, God. Hey, we love you, and if you you need to go get your kids or you need to go, feel free to go. We'll just be praying here at the altars. God bless you. Seeing you move, you move the mountains, I believe. I'll see you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way, I believe. I see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I believe. I see you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way. I believe. Oh, I see you do it again. I see you do it again. I see you do it. Oh, I see you do it again. I see you do it again. I see you do it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See you do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 